Hi, welcome to Fizz Gig. I'm Wendy Althwaite and I admit to being fascinated by fizz, the taste, the tingle and most importantly, the trivia. Do join me. We'll explore the myths and the mysteries of the world's greatest sparkling wines. Full disclosure here, I produce English sparkling wine in West Sussex myself, but this podcast is not about our wine in particular, or even about English sparkling wine in general. It's about the scintillating world of effervescence. I'll pop a cork and cast a pod every Friday, and I do hope you'll be with me. Don't forget to listen out for the pudding at the end. It's a little tidbit that, whilst not strictly on point, amuses me. Pop it in your goodie bag as a little fact to take away. So here we go. TGI Fizz Day. And today, let's talk about sect, baby. First, as will soon be apparent, I am not a German speaker, and so I apologise in advance for mangling this noble language. I defer to the expertise of others on pronunciation. Now, sect is a very popular, inexpensive German sparkling wine. About 500 million bottles of it is produced every year, dwarfing Champagne's 330-odd million bottles, and most of it is drunk in Germany. They're sect mad. Every person drinks an average of five bottles of sect each year, and there are over 2,000 sect producers in Germany. Sect is sweeter and lower in alcohol than Champagne, sometimes as low as 6%, and typically it has aromas of apples, pears and white flowers. But unlike Champagne, sect is not a protected term, and the quality is very variable. You really do need to scrutinise the label. But one of the great delights of German wine labels is that they tell you exactly what's in the bottle. Regular fizz giggers will know the special relationship between German merchants and Champagne. Early in the 19th century, many Germans visited Champagne to learn how to make Champagne and either stayed there, like Krug, Bollinger, Marmann, Heidsick, or brought the technology back to Germany. The first sect house, Kessler & Co, started producing sect in 1826. Herr Kessler had previously worked at Verve Clicquot for 20 years. By 1895, Germany was producing 8 million bottles a year of what they called Mousse Sect or Champagne. The 1919 Treaty of Versailles stopped them using Champagne, so they adopted Sect. There was some attempt for Sect to mean any sparkling wine which had a German as its official language, but that failed. Nevertheless, it's had an influence we get the red sparkling crim sect from the Crimea, and there's lots of sect in Austria. Sect can be made by cooperatives, not just by individual winemakers, and it's, as it's not a protected term, it encompasses all sorts of wine made in all sorts of different ways, and some is much better than others. Sect is subject to a Schaumwein tax, German for literally foam wine, which was originally introduced by Kaiser Wilhelm II in 1902 to fund the expansion of the navy. Well, whatever floats your boat. After the World Wars, Germany industrialised sect production. They largely abandoned the classic bottle fermentation in favour of tank fermentation, which makes cheaper but less quality fizz. The Charmat method, or tank method, involves putting the wine in a stainless steel pressure tank with sugar and yeast for secondary fermentation. 
The yeast and sugar is stirred around and in a relatively short time, when it's fizzy, the wine is kept under pressure, filtered and bottled. This is much quicker and cheaper than the traditional method, but does produce an inferior quality wine. The same method is used for Asti Spumanti and Prosecco, for example. So there's considerable variation in the quality of sect and you have to look at the label carefully. Brace yourself if it says sect. The bulk of sect produced in Germany isn't from Germany at all. 90% is from Italy, France and Spain and it's made by large producers from base wines bulk imported from across Europe mixed together in vast industrial tanks and made fizzy by the Charmat method. Its attractions are that it's cheap and fizzy a bit like carbonated fruit juice. The label will say Sect of France or wine from multiple countries of the European Union. However, if you think that's scraping the bottom of the barrel, or rather the tank, you could do worse. Schaumwein is cheap sparkling wine just injected with CO2 to make it fizzy, just like a soda stream. Can't even be called Sect. Fortunately, very little of this sort of sect is exported from Germany, so you'd be unlikely and unlucky to stumble across it by accident. Deutsche sect, on the other hand, must be made from German base wines, which are typically fresh, fruity, light wines with high acidity and so are perfect as a base for sparkling wine. Think fizzy Liebfraumilch. Deutsche Sekt is usually made in the Tank or Charmat method, about 95% of it is, and spends 90 days on the yeast, 30 of which are spent with it being continually stirred. The 5% of Deutsche Sekt made in the traditional method in the bottle spends 9 months on the lees, so it's a bit like a Cremant. It's often made with affordable grape varieties like Müller-Turgau, and the label will tell you that the wine is from Germany. But then we come to Deutsche Sekt BA. BA stands for Bestimmer an Baugebiete, which means grown from certain areas. Now, this is a step up in quality. At least 85% of the grapes must be sourced from one of Germany's 13 wine regions, for example, the Rheingau, the Mosel, or Pfalz. And the grapes must be the regional grapes like Riesling, Silvana, and Pinot Noir. Some sect BA is made from Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes in the traditional method, so it's a bit like Champagnes and Cremants. And sometimes this is even labelled as a Cremant rather than sect, and there must be a minimum of nine months bottle ageing. There are no rules about winemaking method though, so both the traditional method and the Charmat method are used. But the label will tell you the method of production, that is Charmat method or Klassische Flaschegärung, and the specific wine region of the sect has come from. But it also has a quality control test number, the AP number. But then we come to Winzer sect, wine grower sect. This must be traditional method with a minimum of nine months on the lees, although usually winemakers keep their wine on the bottle lees for much longer. It's single estate wine with 100% estate grown fruit whose grape varieties and vintage appear on the label. Often it's a Riesling or a Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier, Muscatella or Tremina. These single variety wines make a refreshing, aromatic sect and they're made locally to where the grapes were grown. About 50% of Winzer sect is made from Riesling and these tend to be made by individual producers with their own vineyards, 
rather than large sect producers. So a bit like grower champagnes. Unlike other sects, these Vincer sects are suited to maturing and ageing in the bottle. There are many grape varieties in Germany, but Riesling deserves a special mention because of its freshness, light body and rich aromas. Personally, I think it can be delicious, as can Riesling sect. The winemaker Herr Ratzenberger suggests that Riesling sect always is very lively and sprightly. It lives off its fine aromas. It's always invigorating, reviving and fun. And Mathieu Kaufmann, who knows his stuff, being the former chef de cave for Champagne Bollinger, now makes sect in the Falz. And he says that interplay of acid and fruit in the mouth is so resting, so sexy. You don't find that fresh tingling finish anywhere else. I think the potential for Riesling sect is huge. Many of these sects are low or no dosage. Vincer sects are often brut nature, which, as you know from last week's fizz gig, means there's no additional sugar added at disgorgement. Interestingly, if dosage is used, instead of sugar, they tend to use aged sweet wine, like Riesling Spätleser or Ausleser, to further enhance the Riesling characteristics of the wine. But something else to look out for is VDP, Verband Prädikatsweinguter, which is an elite group of producers who've adopted strict quality practices over the specific grape varieties to be used, the region from which the grapes can be harvested, hand harvesting, whole bunch pressing and traditional bottle fermentation. And there are three tiers of VDP, VDP Ortsect, that's village sect, VDP Gutsect, estate sect, and VDP Langensect from classified single vineyards. I also ought to mention pearl wine, although you know that you should never cast pearls before wine. Pearl wine is a semi-sparkling carbonated wine with about one to two and a half atmospheres of pressure. It can be ghastly, or actually rather good with nothing in between. Pearl vine does not have a protected PDO, so it's a real lottery as to what's in the bottle. Good luck. Of course, Germany has sister sects in Austria. The producers are usually based in Vienna and source grapes from the Weinviertel region in Lower Austria. Austrian sect is also organized into tiers of quality. So just as in Germany, sect is made from imported bulk wines and fizzed up in the Charmat method. They are inexpensive and only consumed in Austria. They can be trocken, dry, or halb trocken, medium dry. Austrian sect, which is also known as Austrian quality foam wine, has produced in Austria on the label. It's made from up to 36 official grape varieties and is required to be as fizzy as Prosecco, so three and a half atmospheres of pressure. The label might also reveal the vintage and the grape variety. But since 2015, there has been a brand new PDO, Austrian Sect Classic. Classic Sect has grapes from one of Austria's major wine regions and it's produced more like a Prosecco than Champagne. It has to have nine months lees aging. It can be released to market on or after Austrian Sect Day, which, as I'm sure you know, is the 22nd of October, in the year after harvest. And both the tank method and the transfer method of sparkling production is allowed. 
you know about the tank method or Charmat method, but we haven't come across the transfer method before. Here, the wine starts off like a traditional method with secondary fermentation in the bottle. Then, it spends a short time on the bottle lees, rather than the years of liege aging that happen normally, before being taken out of the bottle and transferred into a pressurised tank, so like the Charmat method. The sediment comes out of the bottle and the wine is filtered under pressure from the tank into different bottles. This saves a lot of time, labour and money. The wine is less intense and creamy than if it had been produced in the traditional method, but it works. So if you ever see bottle fermented or fermented in a bottle on the label, then it means transfer method. It's only traditional method where your wine is fermented in the bottle in your hand. So pay attention to your indefinite articles. But Austrian set classic can be joyous, particularly if it's made from Austria's star grape, Grüner Veltliner. It's a zippy fizz that's perfect with spicy food. Try it with Thai, it's rather good. Just not quite as good as the Austrian sect Reserve, which is made in the traditional method and is produced in a simpler way to non-vintage champagne. The grapes must be harvested by hand and must come from just one of Austria's wine regions. It must have 18 months lees aging and it can be released two years after harvest on Austrian Sec Day. Unlike champagnes, Austrian Sec Reserve can only be Brut Extra Brut or Brut Nature. But even better than the Reserve is the Austrian Sec Grosser Reserve. The first release of the Grosser Reserve Grand Reserve, was on the 22nd of October, naturally, 2018. So this is a newborn and it's a highest quality Austrian sect. The grapes must be harvested by hand and pressed only with a basket or pneumatic press. It must be made in the traditional method. It must be aged on the bottle ease for 30 months, which is quite close to the requirement of vintage champagne to be aged for 36 months, and can be released on or after Austrian Sec Day, three years after the harvest, and the label will disclose the vintage. Arguably, the rules for Grosser Reserve are even more strict than for vintage champagne, in that the grapes must come from a specific place. The grapes must originate from a single municipality and must have a registered vineyard designation. This is similar to Premier Cru or Grand Cru champagnes, but is totally dissimilar for most vintage champagnes. It can only be brute, extra brute, or brute nature styles, so not extra dry, dry, demi-sec, or do, as they can in Champagne. And a rosé cannot be made by simply adding red wine to white wine. In fact, Austrian rosés are usually made from Blau-Frankisch. All these rules mean that as a consumer, you can look at the label and tell what's inside the bottle. And while Russian roulette gets the adrenaline pumping, isn't it comforting to sip what you're expecting? So, anyone for pudding? Last week we touched on toasts and I thought I'd dispel a little myth. For almost as long as man has drunk in company, he's raised his drinking vessel, be it a horn, skull, bowl, tankard or glass, and crashed it against his neighbours. No one is sure why. Some suggest that it protects against poisoning. But surely that can't be true, because it's so ineffective. 
The theory is that when clashing your beaker against another, a little bit of liquid would spill one to the other so that if it was poisoned, you'd both die. So clashing beakers meant the liquid was safe to drink. But this is nonsense. First, very little, if any, liquid spills. And any spilt liquid tends to land on the floor, not in the other person's glass. But secondly, poison depends on dose, and no one would know how big a dose a particular individual needed to be fatal, and no one can guarantee how much already diluted poison would slosh from one beaker to another. It's just too hit and miss to make any sense. But thirdly, historically people shared drinking vessels, passing them around and drinking the same liquid. From 6 BC, the host would pour the wine from a common pitcher and be the first to drink it in a toast to his guests. They then knew that the wine was safe. He'd raise his glass to encourage his guests to drink up. So, the next time someone offers you a drink by asking, what's your poison? You can let them know that the glass clashing is a rubbish health and safety check. The best toasts are short and snappy and fall into four different categories. The first are for good health. Gesundheit from the Netherlands. Santé in France. Good health in England. Salut in Spain. And Nastrovia in Poland. The second are to the drinking vessel itself. Skull. And yes, you're right. Skulls were drinking vessels in Scandinavia. The next mimic the sound of glasses chinkling when clinked together. Chin chin. And finally, there are those that urge you to drink up. So, bottoms up in England, cool sec in France, and kampai in Japan. So there we have it, Fizzerati. We've started our sect education. I hope you find some delicious ones, but it's now time to say Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week when we're going to be revising how to store it, serve it, and sip it. In the meantime, may your wine, like your wit, be sparkling. Chin chin! <laughs>